0: Power for Everyday Living, hosted by Jim Naspak and Wes Sparling. Join Jim and Wes as they discuss foundational biblical principles that strengthen our relationship with Christ, which in turn allows for His Holy Spirit to work in our lives by filling us with His power to be Christ's body to a hurting and dying world. Today we are starting a series that focuses on Advent. Advent is a time that we prepare as believers for the celebration of the Christ child's birth and His expected second coming. We begin the series with a discussion on Hope and Expectation, vital pieces needed in the world today. Let's join Jim and Wes as they discuss Hope and Expectation on Power for Everyday Living.
1: Behold, a day is coming for the Lord, when the spoil taken from you will be divided in your midst. For I will gather all the nations against Jerusalem to battle, and the city shall be taken, and the houses plundered, and the women raped. Half of the city shall go out into exile, but the rest of the people shall not be cut off from the city. Then the Lord will go out and fight against those nations, as when he fights on the day of battle. On that day his feet shall stand on the Mount of Olives that lies before Jerusalem on the east, And the Mount of Olives shall be split in two from east to west by a very wide valley, so that one half of the mount shall be moved northward and the other half southward. Then you shall flee to the valley of my mountains, for the valley of the mountains shall reach to Azel, and you shall flee as you fled from the earthquake in the days of Uzziah king of Judah. Then the Lord my God will come, and all the holy ones with him. On that day there shall be no light, cold or frost, and there shall be a unique day, which is known to the Lord neither day nor night, but at evening time there shall be light. On that day, living waters shall flow out from Jerusalem, half of them to the Eastern Sea and half of them to the Western Sea. It shall continue in summer as in winter. And the Lord will be king over all the earth. On that day, the Lord will be one and his name one.
2: Well, happy Advent. Happy Advent. Hey, this is Jim Naspak. And Wes Barling. And welcome to Power for Everyday Living. We just heard a reading from Zacharias, such an uplifting. Scripture to start off the Advent season, and specifically week one, which is built around the prophet candle and hope and expectation. So Wes, thanks for reading that. Um, Just a little bit about us. We've been uh, good friends for 20 plus years and have um, done various sorts of ministry and just felt this desire to want to come and talk more about some of the things that we study during the week and Advent's our first thing so
1: absolutely I don't know about you Jim but I love coming into the holiday season and the experience of Christmas and Advent leads us right up into that experience and for me it kind of ask the question when you see a verse like this or a chapter even how is this hopeful but I do think really it is hopeful and to me the hope is for every time that we suffer, and this this is speaking to the people uh, about the end times, and it's talking about how um, nations are going to be drawn to Israel and how they're going to come up against it, but how God is going to deliver them. He himself is going to come and save them, standing on the Mount of Olives, splitting it in two. That is a dramatic scene of God intervening in human history as sort of the culmination of human history to save his people from their sins and from the enemies that are coming against them. And we find in other places of scripture that If he didn't do this, they would have been lost and destroyed, but he does not allow that to happen. There is a hope here, and I think the hope is that in the midst of darkness, God does not abandon you. Even if you haven't been faithful, even if the world is out to get you, he shows up for his own. And to me, that is just a wonderful message that's inherent in the scripture. Um, There will be dark days ahead, but God doesn't let them overtake us. He eventually steps in and says, enough's enough. And he takes control, and that's to me a very blessed hope that we can stand on. And I know that uh, it seems a little less ca- eschatological. If you know, I say that wrong, but <laughs> maybe you don't think of that as you know the most Advent. You know, Christmas is coming kind of thought. But there was a first coming, and there's going to be a second coming, well, and I that's think, what this is about.
2: And I agree. And I think what we sometimes forget, Wes, is that um, Advent is a, a season of preparation, just like Lent. And we usually focus on the preparation of the Christ child birth, but within the tr- tradition, the church is not only the preparation of that celebration, but of, for the returning of Christ's second coming. Yeah, and that is sometimes not thought of um, by me. I could say that you know I love this season. I love all the. I wish I could say Advent songs, but we don't have Advent songs, so we listen to Christmas <laughs> music and all that. But. As believers, it is this excitement for the return of Christ and Him not uh, taking us away, but the final transformation of this world that He's created and how that plays into um, our lives each and every day. Now, our show is called Power for Everyday Living, and it's how you put that into practice. And I think you're you're right in that this might seem like a... Um, I don't want to say downer, but a very over-dramatically powerful verse or passage of Scripture. But it should provide us hope, you know, and especially in this day and time, wouldn't you say?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it reminds me, if we think about Advent and preparing for the coming of the Christ child when Jesus came for his first appearance, and then we think about the other times where God has intervened in the history of the Jewish people, we have the exodus, right, where for 400 years they were slaves. And then, you know, we now have Moses delivering them, God delivering them through Moses, and then God's actual presence with the pillar of uh, fire and smoke. And then we see here, again, the people are being attacked and besieged, and God delivering them again. And we see it when Christ was an adult, when, you know, our sins were laid against us, and he came and he went to the cross, taking our sins for us. So, you know, you see this pattern, I think, of, you know, opposition from the enemy, different enemies in different times, and those enemies all are being motivated by the enemy, Satan, and at the end, Jesus and God the Father intervening in those situations to meet the needs of his people and to deliver them from things that were beyond their ability to overcome. To me, that's a very hopeful message and one that we should remember as we go forward into this Advent season.
2: Yeah, and when you look at the rest of the scriptures that are assigned for this day within the lectionary, First uh, Thessalonians, and it kind of plays into what um, what you were just saying, First Thessalonians 3.16. Um, 6-13 passage says, but now that Timothy has come to us from you and has brought us the good news of your faith and love that and reported that you always remember us kindly and long to see us as we long to see you. For this reason, brothers, in all our distress and affliction, we have been comforted about you through your faith. For now we live if you're standing fast in the Lord. What thanksgiving can we return to God for you? As the coming of our Lord Jesus with all his saints.
1: Wow, so much in that. I mean, there's yeah. a lot of depth in that, which you just read. You know, I especially like the part where it says, May he may establish your heart. It's not even you, but it's
2: his doing. Correct. Yeah, it and it gets to a point that in my devotionals that we've been reading um, this whole thought that, oh no, it wasn't in devotion, it's in the book that we're reading that um, by Giglio, where he talks, Louis Giglio, we're currently reading the book um, Not Too Far, and he's talking about, and if you've read it, um, it's a really, I don't want to say easy, but it's a real basic, which you need, book sometimes. Don't tell Lou. Yeah, yeah don't, t- <laughs> don't tell Louis. But um, here, the part they talks about is about a comeback, And his whole good news in it is that it's nothing to do with us. It has to do everything with Christ in God. And that the only thing he calls us to do is not, hey, here, and this is what I like about Louis so far. He's not giving us here 10 steps (laughs) to doing this. What he's saying is it begins and ends with one simple thing, faith in Christ Jesus. And in the midst of that prophetic writing out of Zechariah, and now, what Paul is writing to the, Thess- the church in Thessalonica, Thessalonica, not Thessalonia, Thessalonica, is it begins and ends with faith. What greater hope or what greater expectation can we have during this Advent season than those simple things in our lives?
1: Faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is love. Love.
2: Sorry, right. like, <laughs> what, what? What is the greatest? No, but. I'll
1: give a good good one to all three of them, actually. but um, So just to kind of continue with the thought, you know, we're talking about the prophet candle. We're talking about hope and expectation. Mm-hmm. And we've just heard this wonderful declaration um, that in the last days that Christ is going to stand at the Mount of Olives, it's going to be split into, that he's coming to save his people from the Gentiles that are coming to attack them, and he's coming to stand for the truth that he set up. And then we continue that in Psalms 50 where it says, The mighty one, God the Lord, speaks and summons the earth from the rising of the sun to its setting. And out of Zion, the perfection of beauty, God shines forth. Our God comes. He does not keep silence. Before him is a devouring fire and around him a mighty tempest. He calls to the heavens above and to the earth that he may judge his people. Gather to me my faithful ones who made a covenant with me by sacrifice. The heavens declare the righteousness for God himself is judge. Selah. This Psalms 51 through 6, it is telling you that God is judging, he is bringing his people that are in covenant with him, and now he's going to judge them. He's. And you see this Zechariah prophecy, you see him returning, you see him drawing his people in Psalms, you see him bring forth judgment. Judgment from the Lord is not only a scary thing, but it also a glorious thing, because it is where you are acquitted, it is, a, it is where you are redeemed, it is where your good works are put forward, and rewards are meted out, it is where God says, these are the righteous, and these are the wicked. It is where he separates the wheat from the chaff, and it's where he establishes you forever and ever. Amen. If there is no judgment then there is no finality, there is no finishing. There's gotta be a time at the, where the game has to end. Today we're playing the game, You know, to use a little bit of a football analogy. Yes. We're shooting, we're scoring, we're going through the ups and downs, we're slide tackling, we're falling on our face, we're breaking our arm. At the sometime this game ends and there's a winner's celebration and that's where the winners are known and the losers are known and we receive the crowns. And this is this is the hope of advent for the future, the hope that not only has Christ come in the past, but he's coming again.
2: Yeah, and I think we often get scared of the word judgment because I'm I'm going to make a blanket statement here. So if you want to give me feedback, go ahead. But I think in the Western Christian mindset, we hear judgment and we start thinking, what is it that I have to do better at? And we forget the justification that Christ has um, done for us. And I... We talked about this a few weeks ago in one of our Bible studies, but I was listening to, I believe, Alistair Begg, who, um, if you don't listen to it, I'm plugging his podcast. We get no money for it, but I go on and listen to him, Truth for Life. But he was talking about justification and how we have this misconception of it that, you know, sometimes you say just as if I didn't sin. And that is so wrong. And um, actually, no, it wasn't. Elsterbag, it was someone else. I got uh, sorry, I'm gonna have to edit that out. But anyways, what they were saying was it says if your son or daughter goes to school and you tell them they have to be home by let's say 245. And at 245 they're not there and they show up at three and they come and tell you. The reason that I'm late is because there was an emergency at school, someone pulled a fire alarm, something along those lines, and in the midst of it. Uh, we weren't even back in the classroom till two thirty and I wasn't able to get home till three. Now, it doesn't change the situation. He's justifying and what justification is, is a re um change of perspective on something. And when we look at our sin, that's what justification is. It's a re um, perspective of who we are through Christ Jesus. It's not through us, but through his blood. So
1: Yeah. I mean if you were if the Consequence or the judgment, judgment in in one sense, there's judgment that's, you know, I guess, uh, punitive, right? So there's the judgment of you've done something wrong, you have merited or earned a demerit, a punitive action. And so in the scales of justice, there's righteousness and unrighteousness. And a God who is milk toast and who doesn't not only reward the righteous and punish the sinner is not a true just God. He would be an unjust God, but to I think in keeping with what you're saying, um, it's not as though he's forgotten you've sinned, but he's laid on Christ the penalty of that sin, and that penalty is death, a death that he bore on the cross. So one might say the result is it's just as though you've never sinned in so much as you haven't had to receive the due penalty of your iniquity, but it's not as though he doesn't know you've sinned. He's seeing it from a different perspective to your point, right? He's seeing what Christ did rather than what you did, but it's not as though God doesn't know you sinned. He knows that you've sinned, and he now sees it from the perspective of the relationship you have because he bore your sins and you get the benefit of his righteous life, which is what we call grace, completely unmerited. You don't deserve it, shouldn't have it, and, you know, to think that, you know, in some way, shape, or form, we can be arrogant or cocky about that. And there have been times across the history of the church, many, many times, where we have been arrogant and prideful about that. And that's the least thing we should ever be arrogant or prideful about. I mean, we didn't deserve to, to live. We deserve to be dead.
2: <laughs> it's so true. So true. That was Tim Keller. Yeah, no, that's who it was. It was not Alistair Begg. So um, props to Tim Keller, who is also an outstanding um, preacher and uh I liked him going. Theologian. So I think um, you know, when you look at how all these verses line up, I think, um, and how it plays into, you know, the prophet candle and hope and expectation, we we have a great gospel lesson from Saint Luke, you know, and it's the twenty first. And we often and again, I'm um, just some background. I'm an Anglican, so I come from a very liturgical um, perspective. Wes um, you know, you're
1: a. I'm a, a neo, um, baptist, costal, <laughs> Anglican, Catholic, ortho, uh, something or other.
2: <laughs> Isn't that when we wish we could just say we're a part of the church, you know, and not have to use those? But anyways, that's that's that'll be another podcast. But I just want to uh, let you know from my perspective that's where I come from. So we have these readings that are associated. And the beauty of the the gospel lesson for you know the first Sunday in Advent comes from and we always are thinking like, oh, it should all be about the coming of Christ. Well, this is about the coming of Christ. It starts in twenty-five where it says, and there will be signs in sun and moon and stars and on the earth, distress of nations in perplexity because of the roaring of the sea and the waves, people fainting with fear, with foreboding of what is coming on the world. For the powers of the heavens will be shaken. And then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now, when these things begin to take place, straighten up and raise your heads because your redemption is drawing near. And he told them a parable. Look at the fig tree and all the trees. As soon as they come out in a leaf, you see for yourselves and know the summer is already near. So also, when you see these things taking place, you know that the kingdom of God is near. Truly I say to you, this generation will not pass away until all has taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. Love that one. What a great gospel message to tie all this up is that we started with that reading that you did in Zechariah of here's this prophetic judgment coming upon this land. And we get into the psalm where even that resonates a little bit more. And we get to that epistle lesson from uh, the, the letter to Thessalonica about, you know, it is through God, you know, that this happens only through him. And then the culmination of the hope and expectation is that we will see the Son of Man coming in In a cloud with power and great glory because your redemption is drawing near. Amen. And how about that for an Advent start?
1: I love that. That's good. I love that.
2: So we want to thank you for joining us in our first podcast and our first in the series on Advent. Join us on our next podcast when we will be talking about the second Sunday in Advent and faith and love. So with that, I'm Jim Nasapak.
1: And I'm Les Sparling.
2: And thank you for joining us on Power for Everyday Living.
0: We want to thank you for joining us for today's podcast, Power for Everyday Living. We hope that you were blessed by this discussion. We invite you to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast, as well as share it with others. We look forward to having you join us next time for another episode of Power for Everyday Living.